Hi, I'm Rob Jepson, and my mission is to help sales leaders everywhere create record-setting growth in the companies they lead. I'm here to share the secrets of the world's most successful sales leaders. I don't care how big the company or how big the team, we showcase sales leaders who are taking what the market gives and then some. We feature leaders of teams that are beating their markets, winning at crazy rates, and creating life-changing years for the people they lead. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by Scipio. The number one challenge every salesperson faces right now is how to have more conversations with more potential customers and land more appointments. And that's why you need to check out Scipio today. I've had too many sales leaders share with me how Scipio has transformed their ability to make contact with customers faster and easier than ever before. If you don't have texting as part of your modern sales process, you need to. Scipio has the best automated texting platform I've ever seen. Scipio's texting platform will help you build personalized relationships at scale in an authentic way your customers will appreciate. Salespeople using Scipio, they say big things happen. They're seeing a 5x improvement in landing appointments and a 40% lift in show rates. And that leads to more conversations, which we all know leads to more sales. And while the results speak for themselves, don't take my word for it. Head over to Scipio.com and use the code ROB, that's R-O-B, for a 30-day trial on the plan of your choice, courtesy of the Sales Leadership Podcast. Again, that's Scipio.com and use the code ROB to see just how good a modern messaging platform can be. Now, get ready for some serious insights from this week's sales leader who's making it happen. And remember, don't worry, we got you. Hello, and welcome to the Sales Leadership Podcast, where high-growth sales leaders share high-growth practices and tactics. Today, we're joined by David Walter. His claim to fame is setting 15 appointments a day for six months straight. He turned that process and those techniques into a company that helps sales teams everywhere set more appointments from direct outreach. He's had a wildly successful career helping organizations build opportunities, build more pipeline, and as a result, create record-setting sales. His number one best-selling book, The Million Dollar Rebuttal, has helped sales leaders everywhere redefine how they build pipeline. Now, David's sharing his secrets as a keynote speaker, a best-selling author, and today he's doing it as a guest on our show. I am pumped to bring him to each of you in what I am sure is going to be an exciting conversation. David, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Rob, I love that high energy. (laughs) <laughs> it's the only way I roll, man. I burn hot, and, and uh, when I ran out of gas, I, gas, I just I, I fall down on the spot, man. So uh, I just came back from Funnel Hacking Live and listened to Tony Robbins. Tony and Robbins boy, he's got energy, awesome. and the message there was high energy equals high income. <laughs> <laughs> I love so it, Thanks man. for that introduction. No problem. Thank you for joining us. I, I'm really glad that you'd be willing to join us today. I'm a fan of what you do. I, I uh, have... I've been watching you on LinkedIn and other places, and and I love your perspective. I love your point of view, and I'm excited to introduce you to a, a few thousand sales leaders all around the world right now uh, to share some of the things that are are making a difference with a lot of other people. So thank you. Right. Well, happy what? Friday. Let's get right. <laughs> Let's do it, man. Let's start by introducing you. Like for those, we, we, we may have some people who may not be familiar with you yet. Why don't you tell us about you and what you do for your customers? Well, like you said, I wrote a book. But before that, what led up to that, writing that book, was doing something that, that I didn't realize was epic until about 20 years later. I uh, was working in that call center and setting 15 appointments a day, every day for six months. But that preceded by failure, failing for six months, but contacting my subconscious mind, which is in my book, and having a mantra and reading it every day that I am going to set 15 appointments today and reading that every day. And then basically I figured out how to do it. Um, The messages came to me like, like messages, like aha messages, you know, sky blue messages. What's that? Oh, let me write it down. And let me think about it, meditate on what was that answer that I just got back because you're basically asking your subconscious mind to give you an answer. Right. And you gotta be ready to listen for the answer. And so Rob, to the listeners here, the answer it gave me redefined cold calling. And we're going to, we're going to sink right into that. And to what I talk about, the one the one secret that's a game changer when it comes to cold calling. And that's people ask me, how did I set 15 appointments a day when everybody else in the call center was setting just two appointments? 
Well, let, let, let's get into that, man. I'm, I'm excited. This, let, let me tell you why I'm so excited. I, we work with, we, you've got several thousand sales leaders listening to you right now. We have, um, we have a lot of people that will even, like, they, they binge listen to this. And as we look at all the things around sales, one of the topics that will never, ever be something I get tired of or we ever get tired of looking at is that prospecting. I, my belief is your pipeline, your, your, your pipeline is your lifeline. Prospecting is the lifeblood. It, it, it solves almost every sales challenge, right? It, it solves discounting problems. It sounds, solves all kinds of, of problems if you have a fat pipeline. And so I will never get tired of having people like you that can share best practices in creating a fat, healthy pipeline. So let's, let's start there. Where's the first, what's the first thing you've got to get right? If you want to be good at building your own pipeline, and I'll go to my grave saying it's the most important skill for a salesperson to have. If you can't find deals, you're going to be in trouble. Okay. So what's the first thing you've got to get right if you want to become expert at that? Well, the, the, the number one thing, the difference is your target. When you get on the phone and uh, people listening here probably don't like to cold call. <laughs> I've got an audience of salespeople are leaders and they don't like to phone co call and they don't want to pick up the phone. You know, sometimes you think it's beneath you. I'm a salesman, you know? Yeah. Someone else's job is to find deals for me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a salesman or sometimes we're just lazy and we just wait around for a referral to come in. Well, referrals are nice, warm and hot. They feel good, but they're not going to fill your pipeline full. There's no way you're going to wake up tomorrow and have 30, 40 referrals uh, that you can spend all your time marketing those referrals. So you got to pick up the phone. And um, the, the, to your question, people that get on the phone, they have all these backstories in their mind. These gurus that we've been hearing for years and Business 101 says, and everybody here probably is going to recognize this, is that your best prospect is someone that has a need. A, a prospect has to have a need. Right. A qualified need. Right? Right. In fact, Salespeople often, if they do cold calling, they often may overqualify a prospect. But the AMA has said for years that any market, any good market, um, a prospect, only about 3% of the market has a qualified need. Or what we like to say in the, in the marketing business, a top of mind need, right? The where they're aware of it and they're actively looking for a solution, that's a top of mind need. And that's when you're cold calling, that's what you're looking for. You're looking for those people. And the problem is in any market, you're calling lawyers, you're calling accountants, you're calling um, doctors, printers, whatever it is, consultants. Only about 3%, I even say sometimes less, have a qualified need. And so how did I set all those appointments? Everybody else was trying to find a needle in a haystack, right? A needle in a haystack, all the people that say, what do we hear? When you call, if you've ever called, we are, we're happy with what we have. We're all yeah. set. Yeah. We're good. We're all good. Thanks for calling, man. We are good. You hear that most of the time. And um, you, you're barely, rarely, you call, people say they, out of a month, they, they get three appointments. I've heard, you know, um, low stats, very low stats. And when you look at it like that, it's like, why would I spend all my time prospecting to get such a low return? Well, it doesn't have to be that way. There's a better way. There's a better way. And it's what I needed. I need to make more money. I got to set a lot more appointments when I had that job. And so I looked at the, the opportunities that were available, right? I was calling. And when I called the field of opportunities was mainly people who said they were happy with what they have. So I have to find a way as a salesperson to flip those people. If I was going to make more money, if you're going to make more money and you're calling and you have the same set of prospects I did and they almost all, they're happy because clients don't want to change, right? Of course they're happy. So let's happy. sit on that for a minute, Dave. Let's, let's sit on this because I like this concept. I haven't heard people talk about this for a while. Um, you're right. The, the portion of people that are actively like in pursuit of looking for something is small, and the other world of people who could benefit from using it, people that would be, you know, a, a, a great candidate because there's a problem that's worth talking about. There's a problem we're solving. They just may not be in like, I'm in structured search mode right now. I like that because 
I love the idea of take of, of our sales leaders that are listening to you right now, sitting down saying, okay, am I looking for people that are actively looking and as a result are going to be trying to beat me up against three or four other people? Or am I going to go create a set of experiences for people that makes them say, oh no, I've got a problem. I didn't even realize it. Aha, there are some answers. And then, wow, these guys are the experts, right? Is that is that kind of what we're talking about? Absolutely. It's 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 more, I just heard a podcast today. It's a hunter versus a farmer. Okay. Hunter goes out and hunts and kills something today. A farmer plants seeds for tomorrow with an unknown date of, of harvesting. You know, you have a general idea when, but not sure when. And that's what I'm talking about. Planting tons, way more seeds, right? Yeah. And that's 15 appointments a day has got to blow your mind. That adds up over over a week, a, t- a month. You know, that was 1,800 appointments. Most companies yeah. would, would just drown in that many appointments if they had all those. So that's a lot of opportunities. <laughs> so, <laughs> so let's talk about that. So I, I, I'm equating what you're saying right now. I'm trying to put it into a term that, that will make everyone laugh. I don't know if they're walking their dog as they listen to you and me or if they're sitting at their office, but it reminds me of back in the day when I used to go to the store to buy things like the the department store or whatever. Now it seems like almost everything is getting bought online. But I remember if I was walking through like a department store, I'm walking through like the the men's shoes section, right? And someone comes up to me and says, can I help you? My answer almost always like 95% of the time is no thanks. Just looking. I'll let you know if I need anything. And that's, I think, what you're talking about when we're calling, dialing, looking for those those targeted prospect people that are, are you looking? No, no thanks, not looking, I'm fine, I'm happy. How do you create the conversations where they say, man, David, thanks so much for calling me. How do you do that? Well, it's so funny. You mentioned retail. Yeah. Because in my prior life, I worked in retail. And okay. what prepared me for this call center was that exact situation. <laughs> right, because okay. I was the number one salesman. I worked for a store called J. Riggins that's defunct now, okay. but I sold more suits in high school. I was in high school selling suits. I sold more than anybody in the country in the wow. J. Riggins franchise. Wow! And uh, everyone who came in said, you know, you ask them, you know, can I help you, and they would say, I'm happy with what I have, just like you said. And I stopped asking that question. That's a dumb question. Why would you get in a loop where you know the answer all the time? Right? How about we ask a different question? What I what I would do <laughs> when they say they were just looking, I would say, "Great, let me show you something." And I already knew the store when I first one of the first stores that I worked in. The manager said, "Know the store and get know everything." Yep. And when you know everything, you I would just highlight something. I would highlight our sale in the back of a pants, shirt, and tie, and literally drag them back there. And when they couldn't say anything, I would throw a jacket on them and have them in the mirror. <laughs> so, wow. But to, to the point with cold calling is the elephant in the room is the same thing. They're happy with what they have, right? So really what you have to do is go in and simply, I stop the call. Hey, uh, Rob, I am calling from a cold calling company. <laughs> And um, I'm sure with your sales coaching business, you get tons of leads and you're happy with what you're doing right now. Am I right? Yeah, I am. That's it. Okay. That's the answer. You go in, you flip a negative to a positive. When you know that they're going to tell you that they're happy with what they have, don't keep banging your head against that obstacle. Find a different way. A different way is to turn a negative into a positive, and you know they're going to say they're happy and say, great, I'm glad. Tell me what you have, and and I, before you say anything, I'm willing to bet that you're super freaking happy with that. You love it, and you're not going to change. You're not looking to change. Okay. And part of that secret sauce is I didn't hadn't read the book yet, but Seven Habits talks about understanding the customer like feeling them. And there was one case where he was pitched in a battle where they couldn't come to a negotiation. And he finally solved it by simply going through all of their concerns and saying, look, I I feel you feel this way about the, you feel this could happen. You feel this could happen. And just really went through every concern they could have 
And it was at that moment that they unlocked the deal. Wow. Because when the other, when the opponent felt that you, they really got their concerns and understood them, then they had no concern. And that's what we're doing here. We're feeling them in a very fast way. We're, we're saying, I get you, Rob. I, I know how you feel. Because basically, the bottom line, when, when I steamroll over you with an offer in the beginning of a call, this is for everybody listening, you are criticizing them. You're saying what they have sucks, it's terrible, and I can do better right off the, right out of the gate. And you don't know if they were the ones that brought about that solution. And you just personally insulted them. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so don't insult them. Compliment them. Compliment, like them. Compliment on it. But, but to your point, um, what I did when I worked at CSI was that was an innovative company called a PEO 25 years ago. It was a new yeah. idea like Consperity. Okay. It was a new concept of co-employment. Right. Uh, they called it the employee leasing. And so everybody out there in my company was selling it and trying to compare it to insurance. They sold it like insurance. And because they didn't want to have to explain something new and different, they would say, well, it's like this. And they set bogus appointments because I go out there, employee leasing is not insurance. I, I grasped, I looked at that obstacle and I said, I'm going to tell people what it is. I'm going to explain the hard thing, the different thing, the unique thing, and turn that into a positive. And I, so what I just did, since I knew nobody knew what it was, I'd compliment them on what they have. I'd find out, you know, you have insurance, you have health care. You know, we're calling in this this genre, right, about these things. But I'm not an insurance company. And, and I'd say what we are is employee leasing. Let me ask you, Rob, have you ever heard of an employee leasing company or do you know what that is? 25 years ago, you would say no. Yeah. Boom. So, so what do you do if you're selling something that people do know what it is? They're very familiar with what you do, and they're like, I, I know who you are. I, I don't that, need you. That's a beautiful question. Yeah. Because to, to, to expand into this market and sell to people who are happy with what they have, yeah, you've got to be able to have, as Tony Robbins said, an irresistible offer. And I say something unknown. And that goes to really something from my, my book teaches that. But in my new book coming out, we'll talk more about that. And my podcast is going to focus on that, Iconoclast Entrepreneurs. We're let's that, let's dive into that. that. I think that's a big topic that our, our sales leaders will, will be interested to, to hear your thoughts on. So let's, let's, let's go into that one for a minute. Yeah. So number one, often there's things about your current model without even changing anything. Okay. Look at your current model and ask yourself, what are, what are you doing that's different that people might not know about? Um, in the case of Insperity, I actually coach people with Insperity now. And, um, you know, I'm dealing with a salesman. He can't change the model of the company, right? Um, yep. So what can he do? And so really, I interviewed him a bunch and found out they were third uh, after Walmart in their volume buying of insurance. Okay. Right? And so, and if you're an Insperity rep right now, write this down. This is free training. It's free training. But I said, I said, let's do this. Let me ask people if they knew uh, that Walmart. Well, here's the thing. I would ask people if they were aware that Insperity had that kind of volume buying. And then the answer is they don't know. And then we asked them a question is if, if you had the volume buying power second to Walmart to buy insurance, do you think you get a better rate? I like that. And boom. That's that's a hard one because we're taking an existing model and trying to create awareness about it and something unique they don't know about that model, right? The model itself is not different, but what is it about that they don't know? They're not aware of, and we—that's what they're not aware of. They're not aware of that 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 that's the case. Um, they're also not aware of there's actually insurance in the market left that's not so watered down, like Trump said, that you could go out and get hit by a truck and not be covered. <laughs> <laughs> like, does that even exist anymore? So, so uh, let's, it actually does. <laughs> let's turn that into a blueprint for our sales leaders. So, how how does a sales leader help create that kind of structure so their so their salespeople can have the kind of conversations you're referring to that makes people start to say, 
maybe maybe there's something else I haven't looked at it. Is there like a couple of bullet points or some like a blueprint you can give on how do you prepare to have a conversation like this? Well, the first problem is that the the message of the company, right? Our message is not, it's never thought about. Almost never. You know, unicorns, maybe they do it. Uh, Big corporations do it. But your average small, middle-sized business, uh, they don't usually really have a conversation and say, what's our message? You know, like I just came back from a conference with a bunch of entrepreneurs, and I asked a lot of people what they did. Do you think I came back understanding what they did? No. Okay. It, you know, if you really want to understand. And yeah, some of you fact, probably I did. Spent, yeah. I spent three hours with one of my current clients after okay. having previously spent an hour with her to try to understand her model. I still didn't understand it. And after okay. three hours, I finally started to understand it because it. people don't have, they under, they can describe, you know, it's like the blind men. You know, it has legs. It has, it's like a wall and the elephant. It has a wall. That's how people describe their business. They don't understand it, and they don't understand what about their offer is the most irresistible part or the most unknown and curious. And so you, to your framework, it's just have a meeting. Have a meeting and call it our messaging meeting. And then try to pull out all the features and benefits of the company. You know, if you can write them down. I actually, when I did this, I believe it or not, in my own time, I mapped out all the features of the company. They never gave that to me. I did it on my own personal time. I mapped out all the features on a board, wrote them all down, looked at all the benefits of each one of them, yep. looked at a glass half empty, glass half full is the training I do. What's a good thing and what's a bad thing about each one of these. Um, that, and that's what you have to do. And what will happen when I work for a security company, right? They had products that were on the shelf that weren't selling. I went around the company and looked at all the things they had to offer. And I found this is way back when I, you know, when I was first out of college was went around looking at what do they have? He wanted me to sell wire and batteries. Okay. And I knew I'm not going to sell wire and batteries. You know, I never did it. He would get mad at me, but I ended up being the top salesman in the company because I found that they had uh, motion detectors. They had um, a way to verify alarm verification. They had things that you could turn your alarm system where you could uh, open your garage and make your life more convenient and security cameras. And I focused on that stuff. And guess what I asked people? Tell me. Have you heard of? Did you know? <laughs> Did you know this is possible? Did you know as an alarm as an alarm reseller, you know, an installer of alarm panels? Did you know you could make more money selling video to commercial companies? No, I didn't know that. Interesting. Tell me more. That's, yeah, that's so, so I like this because you've used the word a couple of times and I've written it down and I want to sit on this word for a minute because I think this will translate to all listeners and all markets. How do you take a conversation like that and create something, what you said, irresistible? I love that word, irresistible. How do you go from no thanks, just looking to irresistible? Well, it's, it's number one, your attitude, right? Okay. Stop calling to sell people and tell them how great you are call and tell it's, you know, what I learned is and that comes of speaking, podcasting. It's all about the audience. It's about the person on the phone, right? When I went to all these talks, Tony, even Tony Robbins, he came out there and said, I get you. Tell me if this is you, are you this, are you that right? And that's, that's acknowledging the customer, the, the, in the guy on the phone, tell me about yourself. What's about you and how great are you? Right. I used to have a company paid me uh, to tell people when I started a call, we're the number one managed service company in the world. Yeah. You know what happened most of the time? Click. Click. Exactly. They hang up because it's not about us. It's about the prospect. And so when you listen to them and talk about them and and say how great they are, and then you decide, basically the thing I left out here is that, let me ask you, Rob, even though it's so great and you got all these leads coming in, it's fantastic. Could it be better? Is it possible that, that you could make even more money if there's a another strategy out there somewhere in the universe that uh, is just a beautiful thing that fell out of the sky? You would be like, oh, my God, I can't believe this this even exists. I didn't know about it. Right. But is it possible something like that could exist? Answer, yeah, I love that. Yeah. And you yeah. frame it, and I got this from the legal world, right? It's just, what is it? Uh, 
you're acquitted if there's a reasonable doubt. Right? So I don't ever tell them what we have first. I don't say we're the greatest, the best at this or the other. I've told them how great they are. Then I just ask the question, you know, is there reasonable doubt that hmm. somewhere in the universe is a better accounting system? But I hype it up, you know, not just a better, but, you know, like transcendent that, you know, the the wife is happy. You you can take vacations and not worry about the business. Uh, you're more productive. And, you know, kumbaya and everybody's singing around the campfire. How's that sound? Is that possible? Yeah. Because yeah, when like you make it. it sound like that, usually what they have is not going to compare to that. You know, if somebody says, well, we're already singing around the campfire, kumbaya, I'd never hear anybody say that. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. So. I'm thinking of our sales leaders again. And so let's pretend a sales leader is leading eight to 12 people. How do you get eight to 12 people having better conversations rather than just like dialing for dollars? Is there any, any, any tips that you could share with them on that? Um, so you can affect that, that change that you're alluding to. Yeah. It's just talking about it uh, every morning, reminding them and having a conversation about this is the unique thing that we have. Don't make sales. I had to go find it. Right. Which is ridiculous. If you're a sales organization, shouldn't you know the most irresistible part of your offer, the most unique thing that makes you unique and a differentiator? If you you don't know that, then your company's in trouble. But ironically, a lot of companies can succeed without even knowing that. But they could be even more successful than their wildest dreams if they knew that. Because I set an untold amount of appointments that these people couldn't even believe. Um, 1,800 appointments for that company. That was multiple cities. I was doing the work of like 20 people. So I just say have meetings with them and, and know what it is and say, point it on the board and say, this is our irresistible offer. This is the thing that makes us unique and different. And the, the thing I ask, what is it about what we do? Do they not know? And even if you're in a business that has that is known, like plumbers or whatever, uh, but then the other thing is, well, I think we could pivot now if you want to, but yeah. the entrepreneurs, right? Okay. Listening that can change their business model. Okay. Right. There's, there's really a couple things. Number one, I like, I like the idea of Henry Ford. He is known to walk the factory line and ask his employees what they thought they could improve their product. What a great leadership principle to bring out. Let's sit on that for a minute. Why do you love that so much? And why should our listeners uh, take a page from that book because the employees are frontline. They deal with the problems. I'll give an example. I just signed up for Regal. I don't know if you have Regal movie theaters. Were you, were yeah. you there? Yeah. I just signed up for their movie pass. Okay. Me and my son. Right. Okay. Uh, Cause of all the movies coming out right now, you know, there's you know so many new movies all from last year. Yeah, I got and a boy that wants to watch Venom right now, man. So I love it. It's awesome. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Free guy is my favorite. I'm about to write an article on entrepreneur about free guy. Okay. I just watched it the second time, and I could probably watch the third and fourth time. It's All got right. transcendent principles. Cool. It's just a great movie. Anyway, okay. to, to your point is that um, we went in there with, to get an account for him and me. Well, it became apparent that I couldn't create a, a, like a parent account and have a son on it. Everyone's individual. And that okay. created a problem. If we won't be we want to sit together, right? we would have to both log into our app at the same time and book it simultaneously. Or he could do it after me and we could be not sitting together. Well, guess what? The employee said, yeah, we know about that problem. That's a problem. Wouldn't it be wonderful if they had a parent account? Yeah. And a parent account could have their whole family on it and book and then simultaneously book their entire family together. Well, that's a known problem. If they ask that employee, they would know about that problem. Now, do you care about it? That's the real. You have to. You have to have a relentless innovation mindset. The you have to start wanting to find out. Right? How many times have companies said we have an open door policy? We have a we have a box to put ideas, and you don't check the box. You know. So really, it starts with Rob having a relentless innovation mindset, which is what I'm going to talk about on my podcast and drive that home. Be relentless innovators and be searching for innovation in your entire business, in your marketing. Uh, Mike Malkovich has a book called Get Different. Get Different, way to think about marketing different. Um, uh, the customer experience, which is what I was talking about. Tiffany Bova, 
uh, from Salesforce has a book about the customer experience. Um, every part of that can be altered. And then your model itself, um, you're interviewing your customers and the people who install or whatever. Yep. Often they know, they know things that are their problems, glitches with the way it doesn't work. Well, those are opportunities. You see them as a problem. A fixed glitch could be your next differentiator in the marketplace. And that's how you become irresistible because you're exactly. solving you're solving things in a way that others haven't yet. And so I love how you're putting those two pieces together, David. And I think you're right. I think, I, I don't want to say what I think. I'd love to get your take on this. Why do you think more leaders don't become relentless innovators? Why do you think, because uh, they, they aren't. I mean, we both know that. I mean, they kind of do what was done to them. And yeah. uh, we follow the model that I saw work before. And it's, um, it's, it's a good question, Rob. And, and I think it's a deep, deep question. Uh, I think there's a misconception in the marketplace. Um, okay. We think we're entrepreneurs and we're risk takers. Mm-hmm. And it's a lie. And I've read this in several books now that the truth is, I think it was not good to great, uh, but it was a guy that uh, talked about, about that. And he's a famous author. I can't remember his book. Jim Collins wrote made, Good to Great, yeah. Yeah, I don't remember the other author. Okay. But he had a book very similar to Good to Great, but it was a different, it was a leadership book. And he said that after entering thousands of entrepreneurs, he found that they are not risk takers. In most cases, they, they got into entrepreneurship on a safe bet. They did yeah. it the safe bet. Yep. They don't take risk. And changing your model takes great risk. And uh, to the point, uh, Tony Robbins, I was just listening to his podcast this morning, was interviewing uh, ClassPass. And the lady said she breaks her model on a routine basis and and makes it back again. And he was so impressed. You broke your model? You know, nobody, it's, wait, if it's not broken, don't fix it. Right, Right, Rob? Right. (laughs) But here's the challenge. This, I think this could be the big takeaway from this podcast. The prospects don't want to change, right? Their mindset, if it isn't broke, don't fix it. If your mindset is the same, our model isn't broke, don't fix it, then you have a whole bunch of people not changing. Right. What What does it cause for change to happen, to affect change? Someone has to change. Well, I change. Here's why I like your message so much. In the last 20 months, 73% of companies have reported that they change how they do things, okay? But only 14% of companies have said, we have changed how we sell things. And that means there's a big opportunity to say, if I'm going to change how I sell things, because there's everybody's changed what's happened in the last 20 months, almost everyone. And so there's a really great opportunity to create new first mover advantages and become irresistible in the current environment by leading with this concept of, Hey, I get you not, I got something for you, but I actually get you right. Knowing your customer, understanding your customer, fall in love with your customer and how can I better serve them? And also interviewing your customer too. Yeah. I didn't even mention that, but interviewing them and saying, what are we doing? How can we be better? They may have your next million-dollar idea. You've got to listen to them and really want that to be better and not just be like, hey, they bought this. We deliver that. They bought X. We delivered X. And that's, by the way, is my close to my book. So let's shift to that. That's a perfect perfect time for us to shift to that. Tell us about Million Dollar Rebuttal. Tell us about what you're doing next and tell us how we can get more of you. Yeah. Um, um um, and so this is just a big win for your audience. Okay. So I'm going to share this uh, because, you know, you're still going to need help putting it all together. But when you've changed, right, I have, I call it a come to Jesus meeting. And I ask people, and that's the big thing. I ask them to get them to switch after you've done all this work and you've marketed to them. You know, the company is still delivering what they promised, right? Right. How do you get them to switch? When you offer something better, I tell them, are they delivering? You bought X, they're delivering X, right? And you're loyal to them. Right. The question is, do they deserve your loyalty? Hmm. Is just delivering X really enough? 
And in many cases, the new technology take uh, or a new way can be transcendent benefits to the customer. Take cloud. When I was selling this for a company, um, the cloud meant saving $20,000 on not buying hardware. The new company didn't tell them about the cloud because they didn't have the cloud. And they were ready to sign him up, and he was about to spend $20,000. Right. And I said, I just asked him, I said, don't you think it's incumbent on your current provider that's in the technology space to know about new technology and make you aware of that? Over and above delivering the old technology. And he said, well, yeah, I would think, yeah. I said, yeah, exactly. In other words, you should expect more from them. Why did I come tell you about cloud? Why didn't they come tell you about cloud? And he's like, and, uh, and that was the way I closed them was basically saying they're not delivering because you got to break the loyalty chain, right? Right. They're not delivering what, what they should be delivering. You, you should be getting more. We're going to deliver more. And boom, you cut the cord. <laughs> you cut that cord of loyalty. And then you have, that was the other thing is, I'll just mention is that over the process of, because you're, you're, you're a farmer, not a hunter, right? You're planting seeds. And yeah. developing those seeds, but you're planting way more seeds than than you would when hunting because you're going after three percent of the market. Yeah, you don't even find three percent; you find less than one percent if you're marketing. Got it. Uh, you're planting seeds with night eighty percent of the market, right? Sixty percent of the market, and you harvest the, you you uh, water those seeds, you nurture those seeds, and then you start closing when you harvest. You start closing an ungodly number of sales. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So, so that's what billion dollar rebuttal will help you with. Actually, it's it's the beginning, and then I offer coaching. Yep, uh, people can sign up for coaching, and I I want people to join what I call my cold calling army. I chain I train you to be my marines with AK forty sevens, and you get prospects on the phone, and you don't let them go unless they buy or die. But I have that offer, and uh, but it's claim book offer. That's claim, C-L-A-I-M, and then book, and then offer, O-F-F-E-R. Just all together, claimbookoffer.com. Okay. Goes to my uh, free book offer, and then, then you'll be introduced to an uh, option if you want to upgrade and get the, the training, which is like I've got it really reduced because I'm trying to get a bunch of people in right now and then get all these amazing testimonials of growth and success. So it's a good time. I appreciate, I appreciate you joining us. A couple of questions to kind of wrap it up and maybe have a final thought, and then we're going to be out of time. This has been a fun conversation. <clears throat> if I was to ask you kind of think through, what do you think the, the biggest sales leadership challenge that leaders face today is? And, and, and how, do you, how do you get after that? The biggest sales leadership question I, I, I think people face is, do uh, you mentioned Jim Collins and, uh, and his book, and I think it's it's ha- having people be one with the mission and not sabotaging your organization. Hmm. Sabotaging um, is a big word. Uh, yeah. Oh, what yeah. Is, yeah. I like that word. You want the last to- few organizations and even my own, uh, there's been saboteurs, and my wife's been in retail, and every job she's had, there's been saboteurs. A saboteur in one company literally was not on board from day one, and I didn't find out later that he was up for the marketing job when they hired me. Hmm. So you, you have an enemy. It's like taking over, killing the family and leaving the prince alive. <laughs> Let's see. Do you think the prince might come back and try to fight us? I don't know. Let's think about it. And uh, uh-huh. so we were, we were delivering packages, right? And as our marketing right. campaign, and he was in charge with delivering some of these. Well, we found out that he was throwing them in the trash. Wow. And that these packages were hundreds of dollars with gifts and stuff in the packages that he threw in the trash. Wow. And that's, that's one extreme example. Um, I mean, my dad had an example where there was a saboteur that literally, because he, he was so good at what he did, he made him look bad. And this guy was the manager. He would go early in the morning and climb up to a unit that they managed and let the Freon out and mess up the Freon and the unit on sabotage it literally. (laughs) And they were going to fire my dad. But they looked, and they had camera of that guy showing up that morning. Wow. And it saved him, exonerated him. But, but Rob, that's a leadership problem. 
is drawing a clear line, get off the get on the bus or don't and get rid of the people who don't want to get on the bus because they're toxic. I like that. And I like that word. Because some people I I use that word toxic and I've had some companies tell me that's too strong and it's not it's not friendly enough, but I, I think you're right. I think we can have toxic members of our team that do damage. And so you're right. It's a great sales leadership challenge to overcome. The way you beat it, freaking get rid of them. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. if you have the call center, if you're going to take your call center or your salesman, and we're going to start making calls, right? And uh, we're going to start talking about our unique irresistible offer, our different offer. We're doing a different way. Yep. And if people don't want to get on board, they're gone. It's that simple. That's how that's how you change it. Now y'all don't do that at all. You know, you give them chances, obviously, but after multiple chances, it's when I my first call center, I let a guy stay too long, who never adopted the the way, and but I tried to get everybody else to do it, and it never worked. It poisons the environment. It's like having two kids and telling one you have to go to bed early. You could stay up all night. Uh, we could have we could have had this whole episode be about you know toxic employees, toxic teammates. I, I think that's oh, a we, real issue. I think it's a real issue that every leader has to face. So I, thanks I don't for bringing mind coming it up. back and talk about it. <laughs> yeah, th- thanks for bringing it up. I appreciate it. Last one. Uh, we find that leaders quite often are readers, and we we want to make it easier for people to get a hold of your books. Obviously, is there anything else you'd recommend that our our leaders get their hands on if they want to advance their their leadership career? A leadership career. Um, yeah. I mean, the book I recommend the most is How to Win Friends and Influence People. Love that one. Great suggestion. Great I suggestion. I think that, that is the greatest for sales, leadership, anything. Uh, it's How to Win Friends and Influence People. And then uh, from there, it's just the big ones that, that changed my life. Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. is took me a while to read. It's a kind of a tough concept to get through that book. But once you finally do and you embrace those those principles, I changed everything I was doing. You know, mm. went from one thing to another. So um, well, those are two great books. This is awesome. So how do people get more of you, David? This has been great. You, I love your passion. I love your focus on, on on creating opportunities instead of just transactions where people are actively looking for things. I think if people can get better at that, they're going to be more successful teams, more successful careers. Uh, how do they get more of you? How do they pick up what they're putting down? How do they get your content? How do they get what you're all oh, about? Uh, follow me on LinkedIn. Okay. Follow me on LinkedIn and uh, I, I share stuff there. Read, read my articles on entrepreneur.com. Uh, I have I have four I submit every month. I've got a four that are about to come out on entrepreneur. Cool. So I've got articles. I've got one about the matrix coming out. How are you, if you're not effective in cold calling, how are you trapped in the matrix? Uh, there's one about the DEA. What can we learn from marketing and cold calling from the DEA? That's going to be good. <laughs> cool. So, um, and you have a podcast that people might want to check out too, you said. Yeah, it's coming out. Uh, Iconoclast. Iconoclast. Okay. Um, Iconoclast Entrepreneurs. In about 30 days, I'm lining up guests uh, for right now. Uh, Mike Malkowitz is going to be a guest. Uh, JLD. John Lee Dumas is going to be, is locked in as a guest. Uh, Jim Edwards is going to be a guest. Hopefully, I'll have Rob as a guest. <laughs> All right. Yeah, well, we can talk about that. <laughs> David, this has been awesome. You know, David, uh, I appreciate you joining us. This is David Walter. He's a number one best-selling author, Million Dollar Rebuttal. If you haven't checked it out, get your hands on it. There's another one coming. He's helping people become irresistible to those that were saying, no thanks, just looking all along the way. And he's doing it in style. David, thank you for joining me. Thank you for helping our community. And as I say to everybody, happy selling. I love it. I love it. And, and uh, may, may you guys be great. Go and do likewise, gents. <laughs> Thanks, my friend. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another So What portion of the Sales Leadership Podcast, where we break down that interview and we ask ourselves, why did that conversation even matter? But first, I want to thank my friends at Scipio for their support of the Sales Leadership Podcast. Listen, Texting is one of the last platforms where you can really differentiate how you engage your customers. And there's no doubt in my mind that texting needs to be part of the modern sales process. I've dug into Scipio's product, I've used it, and I love it. Since we've started this partnership with Scipio, I've had several sales managers hit me up and tell me just how much they like the Scipio platform. It's simplicity. It's powerful features. 
and the impact of texting done right. It makes this tool a no-brainer for the modern salesperson. Listen, not all text messaging platforms are created equal. And if you're looking to engage more with your clients and you want to get more of your prospects to your demos and discovery meetings, start using Scipio today. Scipio's platform is the most powerful, most personal one I've ever seen. It's just that simple. I know the team personally. I know they'll give you an amazing experience. Take advantage of a free month with no strings, compliments of the Sales Leadership Podcast. Head to Scipio.com and tell them I sent you by using the code ROB on the sign-up page. You're going to be blown away at how quickly the right text platform can change the name of the game for your members of your team. Now, the podcast is also brought to you by my company, the Jepson Performance Group. If you're like most sales leaders and you've been left to figure out your sales leadership system on your own, I want to talk to you. Listen, there's no shortcuts to success, but you will get there faster if you take the most direct route. And if you like the content of this podcast, you're going to love the content for my community for sales leaders, Sales Leadership United. I got people signing up every week. It's it's become a really great uh, resource. I look at it as the Home Depot for sales leaders. It's got my very best content, over 100 hours of sales leadership training. Um, it's got video insights from some of the greatest sales leaders in the world that I've interviewed. You're going to find everything you need in Sales Leadership United. And if you've never had a coach in your corner, now is the time to give it a try. There's a reason why executive coaching is growing so fast. Most sales leaders haven't had one. But there's a reason why the greatest performers in every discipline in the world invest in themselves. Right? Having a coach will help you save your greatest resource, and it's your time. Even small improvements create disproportionate results in both sales and sales leadership. So if you want to win just a little more, just a little faster, and create those massive results, hit me up today. Now, David's someone who caught my attention recently. Uh, I've been interested in a lot of things he shared. I was excited to get him on the show. And the reason is Pipeline has always been something that's massively interesting to me. Here's, you know, it's, it's, it's easy why Pipeline always has been and always will be your lifeline. So I will always be bringing people in that have different perspectives and different insights. I don't want just more of the same around how to create pipeline generation. And so I don't think anyone's going to be successful over a long-term in sales if they don't know how to find opportunities. And that's why this was a great opportunity because we have tons of salespeople that don't see finding as their role. I found that the deals you find for yourself will always be better than the ones that someone hands to you. So I liked how David started this conversation. He talked about how too many people are looking to do transactions with people that are actively looking for your product. And that sounds really awesome at face value. Um, but the problem is we need to be able to create experiences that help people prioritize the problems you solve. Because David's right. Only 3% of the market are actively looking. And when they reach out, then they reach out to three or four people at a time, and then they fight like crazy over those. They become extremely competitive, and you'll win your fair share, but you're going to also lose a chunk, and it's a tough way to create predictability. I believe the way you're going to create predictability is the ability to target the ideal customer, figure out how to connect to their challenges inside their organization, and then create experiences that result in them prioritizing the challenge that you help them solve. That means you've got to get good at engineering those conversations. The things that make them, oh shit, right? That's what you got to make them say. I got a problem. Or, aha, there's answers. Or, wow, these guys are experts. You got to make them, you got to be able to make them say that on their own volition. Um, because here's what I've learned. I'm doing tons of deal coaching right now with my customers. People don't get prioritized. It's not good enough for them to like you. And products don't get prioritized. It's not cool enough just to have a cool product. Problems are what get prioritized. And if you prioritize the problem, then things can happen fast. So the question you should ask yourself is how do you do that? How do you have a conversation that gets the problem where you can help make that a priority? And I think David gave us the insight. It's empathy. I love how David talked about creating what I call I, I get you moments. It's not I got you. It's not I got something for you. It's I get you. It's I, I understand you. And we need to be able to speak as colleagues to our customers, someone who understands what it's like to walk in their shoes because too many of us talk in buzzwords. They can't talk to their client as a person who gets them. Now, if you're lucky, you've done the job of the person you're selling to. That makes you rare. Few have this luxury. But you can learn how to be in their shoes if you want to because you can spend time there. Start with that persona in your own company. If you sell to CFO, spend time with your CEO. CFO. If you, if you sell to sales leaders, spend time with your sales leaders. Whoever that persona is, become their best friend. And then make sure you're having those same conversations with your customers in your love group. Listen, sales is about loving the love group, winning over the swing group, and trying to disarm the hate group. And, and if you can do that, 
if you can be conversational about winning over that swing group, you're going to have lots of success because the best salespeople are the ones who are best at creating the best conversations. So if you can't be conversational, you're going to have a hard time being more than just one of those three or four possible vendors. It means you're going to have a hard time helping them reprioritize because that comes down to a conversational discussion. Your only way of being great at being irresistible, as David said, is if you can be conversational. And that's going to come when you're able to speak like a colleague. Trust me when I tell you, buzzwords will kill you. I don't think anything alienates a prospect faster than being superficial. So don't do it. Instead, hone your craft. Immerse yourself in the problems of the customer. And then have conversations with them that will help them change their priorities. Especially right now as you go down the stretch. Conversations need to be about prioritization. It will be your best bet to help you make sure you get deals done before the year runs out. So, David, thank you so much for joining me this week. My man, thank you for sharing your insights about how you can make how you engage members of your target market your differentiator. You know, how to have conversations that change how they prioritize things that they're working on right now. Because if we can get good at this, you will become far less transactional and you will become far more predictable. And those are the kinds of leaders that make it rain whenever we want to. So go grab David's book, connect with him if you haven't already. He's got great insights and he's got a free offer. David's giving away a seven cold calling secrets to all of our listeners at www.freeworkbook.com. Head over there, check it out. You'll be glad you did. Thanks also to my friends at Scipio. If you haven't done so already, make sure you head over to scipio.com and take advantage of their free 30-day trial by using the tool yourself. Go to the sign-up link. Enter the code ROB, R-O-B, and start communicating with your prospects the way they want to be communicated with, and you'll get results faster than you ever thought possible. Finally, thanks to each of you, our listeners. Listen, I do this for you. I appreciate each of you. I love hearing from you. And if you like the show, please give us a five-star review on iTunes because you'd be surprised how much it does in helping me get the best guests in the world on our show. But the best compliment you can give me? Share the show with your friends and colleagues. Share it with someone who needs to hear it. And then go be elite. Live strong. Chase your passions. And don't worry, just execute. Because we got you. Thank you so much for joining the Sales Leadership Podcast. The award-winning sales leadership podcast for those sales leaders looking to create legendary impact to those they lead. The greatest compliment you can give is to share this show and any of your favorite episodes with your fellow sales leaders, social media followers, or other communities you're part of. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by the Jepson Performance Group. If you want to discuss any of the topics discussed on the show, want to level up your leadership impact, discuss executive coaching services, or even include me at an upcoming event, hit me up at rob at jetpg.com. That's rob at jeppg.com. And to those of you working to become a legendary sales leader, I salute you and wish you much success on your journey. Whenever you need someone in your corner, you know where to find me.